Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, back to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge that was long in the making. But first, a story from Onichan Lover 137 Guys bully me for years? I get some slight revenge. This is the one time I felt proud of myself in my life. Let me set the stage. The revenge happened about five years ago. I came from a well off family. We weren't rich, but we weren't poor. Well, when I was eight, my dad died in a car accident from a truck driver who ran a red light. My mom ended up having to work as a part-time escort just for a little extra cash to keep me and my sister alive. Me and my little sister ended up moving schools because she got expelled for attacking a kid. She had autism and sometimes she gets mad to the point of violence. At the new school, I immediately started getting bullied. I was tormented by this one group of kids constantly for 7 years. They mocked my sister for being autistic and said that I'm probably going to follow in my mom's footsteps of sucking for money. Every day it was non-stop torment. In my senior year of high school, I had had enough. I enacted my revenge during the last month of school. The months prior to this, I had been studying up on their schedules. Where they go after school, when they leave, when they arrive, where they live, etc. It was very stalkery, but I don't know fam. Then, after countless stalking and planning, I was ready. First off, some minuscule things. I poked simple holes all around their water bottles so when they opened them, it leaked everywhere. I unscrewed their desk legs to make their desks break even from slight pressure. I did everything I could to agitate them. Then I went on to bigger things. I'd spray coyote urine on their stuff and then fill them with animal poo. I wrecked their stuff beyond comprehension. They did worse to me throughout my life, and they deserved it. Now here's where it gets really, well, illegal. They all play baseball together, so I decided to hit them there. They went to baseball practice, and I followed behind them. They left the locker room, and I went in there and did some practice of my own. I brought a machete and went to town. Their bags were ripped to shreds. Three of the seven had wood baseball bats, so I destroyed those. I also set up a trap for them. When they opened their bags, an M80 would ignite. I put a metric ton of river clay in their car transmissions and set up beds of nails in front of their tires. I wanted them to suffer. Here's where it's really illegal. I went to the main bully's house. He's a jerk. He purposely dislocated my shoulder for no reason once. He's the one that said the thing about my following my mom's footsteps. He peed on me, he assaulted me, he broke me, and I was gonna get my revenge. I waited for him to leave home and broke in. I crawled into his window and started having some fun. I disassembled his bed and computer. I moved a bunch of stuff in their house around. I turned on all the lights, all the burners, the showers, sinks, everything. I busted massive holes in their walls. I made a Craigslist ad advertising free rear entry for a petite gay guy and put his address and phone number. 
I opened a bunch of gay adult entertainment and viruses on his computer. I changed all their passwords, even their internet password. To top it all off, I followed a lesson from my idol, the PB. I went up to his room, took some laxatives, and coated his room in poo and pee. I wiped myself up, crawled back out, and left. I left no trace of it being me in there, but I'm guessing he knew. I overheard that the utility bill was extremely high and that he couldn't sleep in his room. He started failing at a high rate. Turns out he figured out it was me, attacked me, and got expelled. I don't know if I was in the right to do all of what I did, but I was proud and still am. If this story legitimately happened, I think it's safe to say OP, despite everything that they had happened to them, did not have the right to do nearly all of what they did. Would you guys agree with me that OP went way overboard here? Or considering all the harsh, harsh torment that they experienced, was it fair? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Up Constantinople. Abused wife and mother watches husband die. This happened in the late 90s, so enough time has elapsed to safely disclose. I had a friend back then who had been widowed for four years. She told me her story of victimization at the hands of her abusive and violent husband. She was mid-twenties when her husband died. She was married to a man 20 years her senior. They married when she was still a teenager, and they had a five-year-old son when her husband died. Her husband was an abusive and violent man who kept tight control over her and the boy. Though he never physically abused the child, he was emotionally abusive and very threatening toward their son. He saved the physical violence for his wife alone. During their marriage, she'd been savagely hurt many times. She had permanent scars on her body and had been hospitalized several times with broken bones and other serious injuries. She was in fear of her life every day. She was so controlled, she was a slave in her own home, fearful of ever stepping out of line. One form of control was to always know where she was at any given moment, and if she ever had to leave the house to shop or run errands, she would be timed. She was given a time frame to be back in the house, and if she was even just one minute late, she would be severely hurt. Her husband was a licensed gun owner who owned a legal rifle and ammunition as he enjoyed hunting, and he would take that rifle, hold it to her head, and tell her that if she ever attempted to leave him, he would hunt her down and end both her and their son. As well as hurting her, he would sometimes take the rifle, hold it to her head, and pull the trigger. It was unloaded, but that didn't diminish the terror she experienced each time, she told me. She said she was left in no doubt at all that if she ever ran, he would find them and end both. Another weapon he used against her was to threaten ending things himself if she ever left. Many people of that nature use the manipulation tool of threatening ending things or harming oneself to keep their victims tethered to them. When they threaten these things, they're causing the fear to rise within the victims so they don't leave. In this way, the threats are being used as a method of control. It's an incredibly common manipulation tactic used by people with borderline personality disorder, among other issues. Her husband did have dangerous medication in the house. I don't know what it was, and he would handle his bottle of pills whenever he issued a threat like that. One day she had to leave the house to shop for food. On the way back, she was caught in traffic that delayed her return to the house within the time frame she'd been given. She said the fear and panic was intense 
because she knew she would return to another serious hurting. She said it felt like her insides were being ripped out of her body as she pulled into the driveway 10 minutes late. She said she walked into the house in a state of blind panic, anticipating it when she saw him. He was motionless on the couch with the open bottle of pills on the floor beside him. She said she stood there and looked at him with a million thoughts of panic running through her head. Then she made her decision. She went to the other couch and sat down and looked at him. And she said that at that moment, her heart was pounding in her chest. She knew what he had done. He'd done it once before. She was supposed to walk in and find him breathing, but unconscious, and in a state of panic, call an ambulance for him, just like last time. But this time, she was 10 minutes late home. Last time she got help in time, but this time, she just looked at him. He wasn't breathing, no rise and fall of his chest. She said she looked at the clock on the wall and sat there looking at him, overcoming the panic and emotions, and stayed sitting there till 10 minutes had passed till she knew he could not be resuscitated and only then did she walk to the phone and make the call. She said the emergency services and police saw her obvious distress, the crying, the panic, the breakdown, and assumed it was the wife in distress at losing her husband. They didn't know they were watching someone who had just been rescued, someone who was at last free. The authorities did not doubt ending things as it was on record that he had tried it once before. That's the story of how one abused young wife and mother finally became free. P.S. She did rebuild her life, went back to school, earned her degree, and moved on to build a solid and safe life for herself and her son. I haven't seen her for years, but have no doubt she has never had any regrets over sitting on that couch that day and watching it happen. I think all you can really say about this is it's just an insane story from start to finish. If you ask me, I don't understand how the husband could even do such a thing to another person that they're supposedly caring about. I mean, not only laying your hands on people like that, but restricting them that way, putting time limits on them, treating them like property, basically. I just can't put myself in that kind of a mindset of how you'd have to think and feel to just do such things. And our final story of the day is by Fred Crissa. Life ruining revenge, six years in the making. I've had an on again, off again relationship with this girl since junior high. We've constantly been in each other's lives, even to this day we still talk. I thought I was in love with her, shocker I wasn't. But in high school, things got pretty serious between us, and the more serious we got, the worse we treated each other when we fought. It was the most toxic relationship I've ever been in, but we're actually great friends now. At the time, I was working stock crew at the mall toy store. Sometimes it was an early morning shift, sometimes it was overnight, so my sleep schedule was all messed up. We were dating and sleeping together pretty regularly my entire senior year. She had her circle of friends, I had mine, and they rarely intersected. Enter Jerkhead Kyle. Now Jerk Kyle gave a bad name to all other monster-chugging, drywall-assaulting Kyles. He was physically and mentally abusive to his girlfriend, later wife. He manipulated his friends into letting him walk all over them, got one girl hooked on pills after he got her pregnant so she would be forced to give the baby up. Just a next level scumbag. Kyle was part of both of our circles. He was friends with a few acquaintances I had, and the girl was pretty close to his girlfriend. The girl and I had just had a really bad fight a few days before and had made up in our usual way. 
As I was getting ready to go to bed for work for the next morning, my phone went off. It was a text from Kyle, followed by three pictures. One inappropriate photo of my girlfriend, one of my girlfriend and his, and the last one only half-loaded, but it was clearly a picture of my girlfriend giving him a present. I was furious, but as I was already graduated, I wouldn't run into him again to take my rage out the traditional way, so I just said forget it and moved on with my life. I was still mad at the girl for cheating on me again. This happened multiple times on both ends, so it was forgiven pretty quickly. So we fought it out a few times and eventually made up when she told me the whole story. Kyle had told her that I was sleeping with his girlfriend's sister or something and that this was how she should get back at me. Now was it pretty dumb? Absolutely. But he wasn't so bright and the story wasn't so far-fetched that she didn't believe him. She told me that since it was BS on his end, she was done with both of them and we went on with our lives. The start of the long game, a few years go by. The girls move to another state, but we still keep in touch and out of the blue, Kyle's wife hits me up on the book of faces. We talk about how life has been and whatnot, where we live and such. Turns out she's just down the street from me. We keep talking every so often when she texts one day asking for a favor. I'm not working that day and bored out of my mind, so I oblige and run a pack of smokes down to her since she's out and can't get more because of her kid. I get to her apartment and we hang out for a bit talking. We head out to the patio for a cigarette, and in the daylight her shirt is almost completely see-through. I make an offhand comment about it, and without a second thought she pulls it off. We go back inside and go to town on each other on her and Kyle's bed. We keep the affair going a few weeks, then just kinda stop. At this point, I felt my revenge was complete. I had this guy's wife on his bed, and he won't know till they get into another huge fight. I wipe my hands of the drama and go about my day. Fast forward another few years, my band had just finished a huge show before we went on tour, and as I'm doing the meet and greet thing at our merch booth, I get a Facebook message from Kyle, before the quarantine non-friend messages. Kyle was in the hospital. He said it was serious and had a question. Did you ever spend time with Hannah? I'm looking at this text, thinking of all the ways I could mess with his head, but decided to probe a little by saying, I think that's something you should ask her first. He replies, I did, and she told me something happened at our apartment. I need to know if it's true. So I think for a second and sent him two pictures we took, one of her giving me a present and one of the aftermath. He just replies thanks and blocked me. I think good, now the jerk knows what it feels like and go about my merry. But this story isn't done yet friendos, not by a long shot. See, unbeknownst to me, Hannah and Kyle had another kid around 9 months after our affair, and it wasn't Kyle's. From the pictures, it was obvious that we didn't use protection, so he immediately suspected it was mine. Hannah knew better since she was already pregnant when we started, but just barely. Kyle viewed me as his enemy ever since high school because I stole all of his friends. So knowing that he was raising the child of someone he hated just burned him up inside. He turned to hard drugs and became a raging alcoholic, tried to get information on where I lived, and kept trying to get revenge on me for all of this, but failed miserably. Lost his job, his family, what few longtime friends he had. Basically his life just crashed around him. About two years ago, I reconnected with another ex from high school, and she told me the aftermath what Kyle tried to do, what ended up happening to his life. 
Hannah took him for everything in their divorce. Last I heard, he's locked up for robbing a liquor store while carrying methamphetamines and a loaded pistol which landed him in for about 12 years. I know the whole point is nuclear revenge, and I would agree that it is nuclear revenge, but is there actually any, like, right person in this story? You might be able to argue that one person's a little more right than the other in this situation, but I feel like the collective actions as a whole, probably just a bit of all around being a jerk. I don't know. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to see another revenge story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.